live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 612 here on this, what, is, what day is it, Eric? Wednesday, right? Wednesday. <laughs> Struggling with that, both Eric and I. Eric back from a, a long and much-deserved break, and then I had the whirlwind trip to Washington, D.C., following the Milwaukee delegation. Uh, of area Jews who marched for Israel in D.C. yesterday. Milwaukee so, delegation out of how many total over there? Just well, thousands so, upon thousands? Yeah, people have asked, you know, like, well, 290,000 is the high-end estimate that I've heard wow. and that's been bounced around. 200,000 seems to be the base floor estimate that's out there. And then folks have asked me, you know, I'm talking with Wagner yesterday. He's like, you're there. What do you, you know, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm in the middle of... The sea of people. And the mall is, what, a mile and a half, nearly two miles long. The stage was set up with the Capitol as the backdrop. And then you look backwards, and it's slightly uphill and trying to see over people. Couldn't tell you, man. (laughs) I mean, if if we put 100,000 on the lakefront for fireworks here in Milwaukee, certainly felt like more than that. Okay. So... You know, impossible to handicap the number of people. But it it was massive. So what stood out to you? You know, there were so many moving moments within the presentation that was the rally officially on the mall. But as I traveled with, it was about 180, nearly 200 um, Jewish people in this delegation from Milwaukee. And, you know, we're at Milwaukee Mitchell at 430 in the morning, then on a flight, flew into Baltimore, then on a bus, then walking over to the mall, then back hanging out, waiting for the bus, bus ride, but, you know, all the time. So what I found most valuable was the opportunity to connect with people on an individual level and just talk. And just ask questions. What did you see? Um, explain this to me. Why are people saying this? And, and those individual conversations were so informative and valuable. And if, if you have the opportunity, you know, there wasn't a person there in the Milwaukee delegation that said, why are you asking me this? Or don't talk hmm. about that. We don't, we don't talk about that. Everyone was entirely ready to talk and to defend a position or to explain something that I had a question hmm. about. I thought, I thought that was most valuable. If you have people in your life that you have an opportunity to do that and ask those questions, and dialogue, man, right, gets you in a lot of it's places. Amazing what communicating can do. So good to have you back, Eve. Good to be back. As a kid, my grandparents on the south side, their next door neighbors installed solar panels on their roof. And back in the day, that was like, you know, these big things that elevated yeah, off the roof. Enormous. Right. And it was just this giant eyesore. Yep. Well, solar energy, renewable energy to power your home is definitely changing. It's becoming more realistic and an option for Milwaukee area residents. An opportunity for lower electricity bills and energy independence is on the horizon for Milwaukee County residents. Grow Solar has returned, and that means your home could be powered by the sunshine. Taylor Ball is the solar program manager at nonprofit Midwest Renewable Energy Association. She says it's never been a better time for Wisconsinites to invest in solar energy. One thing that's really special this year, too, is the recent pass of the tax credit, the ITC. That federal investment tax credit applies up to a 30% discount on residential and commercial installations. It can be combined with a Wisconsin incentive called Focus on Energy, which offers financial rebates for solar installation. Residents now have the opportunity to learn if solar is right for them. Full Spectrum Solar and Arch Solar are the installers for the 2023 program. 
Solar energy consultant Jennifer Larson with Arch Solars says the best way to find out more about the program is to attend a solar power hour information session. People get the experience of starting out knowing nothing about solar and getting a really great education. Investing in solar energy is going to look different for every consumer. Larson says it's not simply a matter of mounting photovoltaic panels onto your roof, but actually a customized system. That could include an electric vehicle charger, storage for excess energy, or an energy monitoring system. You have the option to monitor your system and every day check in and see, you know, if it's a sunny day, how is your solar production going and are you offsetting your usage today? The entire process, from getting a site assessment and permits to completing installation, takes about 10 weeks. But once the first ray of sun hits the panels, the savings are immediate. Jeremy Stottmuller is one participant in the group buy. A solar power system will be installed on the roof of his home and garage in Whitefish Bay by springtime. He says energy efficiency was his primary goal. It was all about a return on investment for me. I think that this is a smart way to use our resources efficiently. Am I proud of the fact that my house will have solar panels? I am. Stottmuller also says energy independence motivated him to invest. Honestly, it's freedom. I'm at the mercy of We Energies. I can't call up Michigan Power and have them run me power here. Like, you can't shop around as energy costs go up. This is something where I can invest, and in a little over 10 years, I'm completely in the black. Like, everything after that, I'm making money entirely. There's still a chance to learn more at the final Solar Power Hour, which will take place virtually this Thursday, November 16th. You can visit WTMJ.com for more information. And the deadline to join the Grow Solar program is Thursday, November 30th. For WTMJ News, I'm Jessica Gatso. Still got to have that curb appeal, though. Like, now you got the panels that just sort of, what was it, like lie flat on the roof, you know, Mm -hmm. or different things. Don't hear a lot about uh, geothermal. No. I I keep thinking about, given how much damage the sun seems to do in my house, just when... (laughs) It's pretty powerful, huh? (laughs) Right, be nice to throw a couple of panels up there. No kidding. Time for news about your money. WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Dow Jones Industrial Average. A banner day up nearly 1.5% once again to 34,828. The NASDAQ was up more than 2.25% to 14,094. And the S&P 500 about eight, up about 84 points to 44.96. The Annex Wealth Management year-end tax planning guide is here. Download yours at AnnexWealth.com. <laughs> on Wisconsin's Morning News. So months and months and months we talked about the American Family Field Stadium funding proposal. First it was a proposal, then it was Governor Evers had an idea, then he had the back and forth, and then he had the assembly, but then the Senate, we don't know if we got the votes, and then everything came together in a matter of hours yesterday. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. How about that sausage being made, huh? Those racing sausages being made. Governor (laughs) Evers calling it a great day for Wisconsin, indicating that he plans to sign the American Family Field funding bill, which was amended and passed by the state Senate on Tuesday. Then those changes were passed because they need to be passed by the Assembly later in the day yesterday. The amendments include a ticket fee for other events that take place at AmFam, so like concerts. Garth Brooks comes, then you might add a couple of bucks 
And it is ticket. a couple of bucks. They're talking yeah. about generally for you know most tickets it'll be a couple of bucks, two dollars. But it's more for like suites right. and things. Yeah, so and like if, eight dollars yeah. per ticket if you have a suite. Now and then those fees will increase by a buck or two in like ten years. Nobody even looks at that, right? When you're right. buying tickets to a concert, like nope, okay, no. well that's whatever. Yeah, you see, see this Ticketmaster Ultra fees and everything. historic <laughs> preservation yeah, fee, right. this, that, the other. Okay, the fact that you're asking fee, uh, those fees uh, <laughs> decrease the amount the state will give to the stadium. So because of those tickets fees, then the state is going to give a little bit less to the maintenance. Now, the brewers are also going to kick in an extra 10 mil. So right now, they're up to $150 million coming from Mark Atanasio and the brewers. In terms of the check that he writes, plus yes. the rent payments and such. Republican State Senator John Jagler, he was on Wisconsin's Afternoon News yesterday. He's happy with this new deal. I wanted a bigger contribution from the brewers, and I said all along, I cannot, in good conscience, vote for money to winterize that stadium without a ticket surcharge coming back. Yeah, there's that whole winterizing thing, and his point being like, look, if we're going to winterize this so you can use it all year round, yada, yada, got to kick back a little bit. There's got to be a way to make a fee on that to help help winterize. You raised an interesting point that was discussed is where did that come from? That wasn't in Governor Evers' original proposal. Like that right. wasn't something the Brewers, at least initially, in the in the sources that I talked to with the Brewers in the early stages of this, that was not mentioned. Yeah, State Senator Chris Larson brought that up when he was on the floor during the debate yesterday. He brought that up. Even do you remember that being discussed around the turn of the century when this was first being debated way back in the late nineties? Where was this idea of winterizing? That was never a thing. Anyway, that's part of it now. And there were some no's. The Senate vote was nineteen to fourteen, so it was tight. Uh, State Senator Chris Larson, uh, a Democrat from Milwaukee, he says he was a no, and he says there have been 130 studies over the past couple of decades looking into the economic benefit of publicly subsidizing a stadium, and he says none of them say it makes any sense. One of my favorite quotes was from one of the economists that said you would actually have a greater impact if you took the money in a plane and dropped it on a crowd of people. That would have a greater economic impact than subsidizing a sports team that's already profitable. (laughs) So I don't know if they're going to take that matter up or not. Let's just fly a couple of planes. Well, we do have some bucks hanging around in Madison still, (laughs) right? Yeah, that's surcharge money. Grab some of those coins. Do a Reitman and Miller. We'll go over there by AmFam. Once a year, the annual money dump. (laughs) All the people show up and hope to see the money fall. You bet they would. See if they can catch some nickels falling from the sky. So, yeah, Governor Evers has indicated he'll sign it. Uh, don't know exactly when that'll be, but it's going to happen. Sports with Brandon coming up next. About six minutes in front of 7 o'clock, we bring in our teammate from 1017 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris. This, this forecast troubles you here. What's the matter? Well, the last time it was warm in November, we got hammered in January. So I'm just, you know, just getting my mind in the... You know, so you called it weird. I'm like, I'm fine with weird because what it usually is is not real good. So, <laughs> Sucks, I think. So, it some degree, it doesn't work for that, right? We can't say okay. it on the radio. Hey, now that we got you in here, I uh, want to revisit this. In the matter of the state of Wisconsin versus Michael A. Mattioli, we, the jury, find the defendant Michael A. Mattioli not guilty. The trial we covered for weeks, a story we covered for years, former Milwaukee police officer Michael Mattioli found not guilty of first degree reckless homicide in the death of Joel Acevedo. Surprised? Uh, what, what was your initial reaction to that verdict? My initial reaction before the verdict was it'll be deadlocked and that'll be that. Or guilty. As I read, I found out during the reading that they had a deadlock 
and that they asked to speak to the judge that Jeffrey Jensen, retired Milwaukee County coroner, testified for the defense. I immediately told your afternoon colleague, deadlock or not guilty. I, I thought I said we stabbed a nun. I mean, everybody just, oh, no, absolutely, it's going to be. And then he got found not guilty. So without, without regard for people's opinion on that, and mm-hmm. almost in the entire Milwaukee right. Common Council all signed on to a letter saying they were disappointed by the right. verdict, what do people not understand between right what we might read in a little thing or mm-hmm. hear in a snippet here on the radio versus what actually plays out in court over the course of days, all the testimony? There's a separation between sort of the narrative but yes. what jurors actually hear. Yes. There's, there's data that shows that when people sit through a trial, be it the defendant or the prosecutor or whoever, when it's done, regardless of verdict, they will usually tell you that it was a fair trial. So we, we have this disconnect because we're not there. We have we hear snippets and pieces. And because we have that bias that we only accept those things we already agree with, that if it comes out different, then we scream. Now, on a personal note, I believe the prosecution did a very poor job. Mm-hmm. When you have a five-minute opening on a reckless homicide trial, that's a problem for me. That's what I was going to ask you is what should the prosecution have done differently? Paint a more human picture of Joel Acevedo, number one. Number two, it, 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 it was remnant of the um, 17 lieutenants who sued Chief Jones, right? How can you, by state statute, have the right under... 165 and 175 as a chief of a class A city to promote whoever you want for whatever reason. And then when the city attorney got up to defend, didn't quite do a great job. Almost it seemed like people were like, was that on purpose? And I'm not disparaging her, her reputation, but I'm saying that the way that you present it is everything because that's all you have. And so as you what what I want to do is go back through the court transcript and start to see what things were said, what was left out. But the most credible witness was Jeffrey Jensen. And when I heard that, I said, there's no way they're going to discount what he says. What's next for Mattioli? It's not like he jumps back on the police force. He still faces the potential civil litigation as well. Well, you got the civil litigation, um, but he's a free man. So he's able to make any, well, how, how can I put it like this? He's in an OJ situation. He can make money off of the whole thing, but then the family's going to take it. So he's in a hole. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth, host of the afternoon show. Good to see you, sir. Thank you.